Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everyone. So glad you're tuned in to today's program of Calvary Live. And this is the program where you get to call in and to ask questions. Maybe you got some questions that your Bible reading has brought up or a teaching that you heard, or you get to ask questions about Christian living or our worldview as Christians. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, ready to take your questions and also your prayer requests as uh, you call in with uh, those requests and supplications. We go to the Lord, and I will consider it a privilege to be able to do that uh, with you and for you. Uh, as we go to the Lord together. So give me a call as you just heard, 303-690-3000. It's always good to grab one of those open lines early in the show, and uh, that way we can get you on the air. This is your program. I want to welcome everyone listening in today along the Front Range. A beautiful, beautiful spring day here in Colorado. Uh, Those of you tuned in live to Grace FM from Pueblo, uh, down in southern Colorado on 101.7, and uh, parts of Colorado Springs, Fountain, uh, and then also up in northern Colorado on 89.7 from Castle Rock in the metro area of Denver, all the way up to Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley up into southern Wyoming. So glad that you're tuned in to today's program. I hope you're having a blessed day, and uh, maybe perhaps you're uh, in traffic right now. Maybe you are picking up kids from school. Maybe you're watching softball practice or soccer practice, whatever the case may be. If you have the opportunity to give me a call, do so, 303-690-3000, and grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, and i uh, love to be able to converse with you and talk about things that really matter to you. Uh, not only do I welcome all Grace FM listeners, but those of you who are listening in on Truth and Hope, FM, you are a week delayed, but you too can call it that number that I am giving out, 303-690-3000. And uh, those of you on the East Coast, we're so blessed when you're able to call and to be a part of the program. And also want to welcome the online listeners as well. People call from all over the country, and uh, you too can call at 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God and get clarity and understanding, get truth. Now, aren't we blessed as as God's people to have the Word of God that is absolute truth? And unfortunately, that uh, there are some that think that this contains truth. We hear more uh, about that, you know, those who say, well, the Bible contains truth. Hey, the Bible is truth, and we can go to God's Word, and we can get uh, truth, we can get the words of eternal life, uh, we can be comforted, we can be instructed. Uh, we are so blessed because we have the Word of God that is given to us from Genesis to Revelation. And of course, Paul would say 
that all scripture is inspired or God breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, for uh, reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. So we have the privilege to be able to go to the Word of God together. So give me a call with your questions and prayer requests. There's another means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or a prayer request, and that is by texting. And there is a dedicated text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. Make sure that you are safe. Make sure that um, that you can do it in a way to where uh, you can ask the question, and if you can make it uh, direct as possible, that really helps me out as I'm going through uh, the text questions and the uh, prayer requests. Well, we had a glorious weekend last weekend, being Resurrection Weekend, uh, Good Friday on Friday service, and then four weekend services. A lot of people came out, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way that uh, wherever you worship that uh, and uh, it, it's so wonderful. The greatest news ever proclaimed in the history of mankind has been declared and given to us that uh, the tomb is empty. He is risen. He is alive. And now, as Peter would write to the Christians, that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, as Paul's talking about the gospel, which he preached to you, which you received and which you stand and, and to hold fast to, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that's the message that we give to proclaim to others. You know, when Paul first came to Corinth, he writes about that time, and he said, I came with much fear and trembling, and not with the wisdom of man, but in a power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, I come preaching nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the gospel message that Jesus Christ died for our sins, the greatest need for any man or any woman is to be forgiven of sin, and then uh, to know that he validated what he did on the cross, that he died for your sins and my sins specifically as he rose from the grave. He conquered sin and death, and the tomb is empty. And now we have, as Peter would write, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Paul writes about that resurrection because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. We now have the hope of the resurrection ourselves. And he would write that, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So what I pray is not only are we sharing that good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also that we would continue to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our work is not in vain, and to understand this, that the Lord uh, desires to use us in the days in which we are in, and he desires for us to uh, be used of him. He desires for us uh, to uh, use the gifts that he's given to us. So that's what, um, you know, the glorious life in Christ that we get to live. Hey, uh, waiting for phone calls, uh, 303-690-3000. Let me know you're out there. Maybe you've had a question that you've wanted to ask, 
And uh, this is a good time since we got open lines and uh, be able to ask a question or give a prayer request. I want to welcome everyone that's listening today. 303-690-3000 is the number to call and to be able to text in at um, 720-336-0897, Let's go to a text question while we're waiting for a phone call to come in. And uh, we got a couple of them that's come in. Um, there is Pastor Jeff. Please pray for the victims and families of the Easter attacks in Sri Lanka. And we do want to pray for those in Sri Lanka. As Father, um, as we heard the news, it grieved us, the worshipers there, um, as the attacks came. And, and Lord, we pray for the families of the victims, uh, some of them even from our local area, one uh, from Denver that we know of. And, and Lord, we just pray for comfort. We pray for, um, Lord, just you working in the hearts of people and for that city and, and all those affected by this tragedy. It's so difficult to know what to pray in times like this. But, Lord, uh, we do lift up all the families of those who have lost a loved one, those who are injured. Uh, we pray that they would heal. And, and, and we also pray that the Christians would gather there to be able to bring comfort and um, to be able to bring uh, strength and uh, just help and uh, those who are affected from all over the world. Um, that, Lord, that we would just be ones that would rally together and, uh, Lord, uh, just to be able to look to you for everything. And uh, so we just lift all this up to you, this tragedy, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, give me a call. We got open lines, 303-690-3000 the number to, to call. Uh, but let's go to Kim as we got uh, one phone call that's coming, Kim from Castle Rock. Kim? Hello. <laughs> How are you, Kim? You're on Calvary Live. Okay, I'm good, Pastor Fig. Thanks. You bet. You got a question? Yeah. So I've got um, a Christian friend of mine, girlfriend of mine, that she's um, she's kind of into, and I don't know if it's as biblical. I, I mean, I know it's in the Bible, but I was wondering your stance on casting out demons. She's kind of into the whole casting out demon things, and she said, oh, do you believe in casting out demons? And I'm like, I, you know, I guess at our church, I'm, I go to Calvary, and I, I, we don't really focus on that a lot, so I don't know yeah. if she's just, like, her church she goes to is into casting out demons, but biblically, as a Christian, I guess, what's our stance on that? What should it be? Yeah, and I think you kind of hit a, a key word, the focus. Um, we know that demons are real. We know that demon possession is real because we see it in the Gospels, we see it in the Book of Acts, and uh, we also know that um, you know that it was Paul that he cast out uh, demons. Matter of fact, when he was on his second missionary journey, he was in uh, Philippi, and there was a, a young girl that uh, was uh, there, um, and she was demon possessed, and, and he cast out that that um, demon there in Philippi. And right. they were in prison, so we know it's real. Um, we know that um, that uh, that the Bible speaks of it. Uh, but here's the thing: um, even though it's real for me, and I've even had a few people call and say, "Can you come over to my house?" And you know, we've got demons in the house, or you know, uh, even had requests for that. 
Um, I think that's in the realm that I don't really want to mess around with personally. Um, and mm-hmm. then second of all, uh, the focus is this. For me, I want to focus on the light. Um, I want to focus on, um, you know, the light of Jesus Christ and, and on him personally. The ministry here is not focused on uh, demons. And there's some ministry that there is a focus on demons, there's a focus on you know uh, the devils and everything, and a lot of talk about the devil. And and there are even some churches. I remember when I first got into ministry, that there was kind of a movement that was going through the church of casting out um, demons, you know, services and all of this. Uh, I do not believe that the Bible teaches that a Christian can be demon possessed. And yeah, they were. I agree with you know, that <clears throat> because. A container is either lit or it's dark. Right. It can't, yeah. It can't be both. If you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, a demon's not going to be there. So um, I do not believe that a Christian can be demon possessed. Now, are we hassled by demonic forces? Yes. Are we oppressed? Yes, definitely. Uh, we do fight a spiritual war, and there are those in the world that are demon possessed. But um, and there is room for that. But you know, if she feels that's her ministry, um, you know, there mm-hmm. there are those who, who did that. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of the disciples that said to Jesus, hey, there's somebody over there casting out demons. Should uh, we rebuke him? You know, he's not one of us. And Jesus said, let him alone. You know, if he's not against us, he's for us. So, um, so as know, a Christian, me- I mean, could that be a get, one of the gifts that you have? Would be casting well, out demons? I, I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. really believe that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. There's not a gift when you look at the gifts of the spirit in the New Testament. They're not that. There's th- there's not a gift of you know casting out demons, um, but there is a ministry in that, and you mm-hmm. know it. We do see it in the New Testament. We see it practiced. So, you know, I got to kind of leave it there. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I know. I was. I kind of like she. She says, "Oh, do you believe in that?" And I said, "Well, no." I said, "I'm. I'm just more focused on Jesus because yeah. I've been in a place where they've said demons are are there, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't focus on that. I'm here to spread the spread the word of God, and I'm not going to let a demon be my topic of conversation. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. and, yeah, and I just leave it at that, and just okay. Know, I was um, just curious. Go it's been there. kind of on yeah. my heart for a little bit about what you know what. Yeah what exactly. the proper response to that would be so i i think you gave a good response kim i think that's okay. a good response cool. so all right hey thanks Thank for calling so appreciate Have a it day. Mm-hmm. you too bye bye when somebody hangs up there is an uh open line 303-690-3000 you're listening to calvary live with pastor jeff figs you know, demonic forces are real, and demonic possession is real, and, and we see that demons are cast out. Jesus did, of course. Paul did. Um, and, um, you know, those examples in the New Testament, and uh, so we kind of leave it at that. And, um, you know, for me, I'm not called to do that, but um, I've never been faced with that situation. But anyway, uh, let's go to Carla in Colorado Springs. Carla? Carla, you there? Carla, did you drop on me? Anyway, Carla uh, wanted some uh, prayer for her, her daughter, and uh, we can go ahead and do that, Carla, and um, and love to pray for her for 
anxiety she has, maybe some depression. And so, Father, we do lift up Carla's daughter. Uh, we just pray that you would just be with her. And, and our young people are going through um, tremendous uh, pressure and um, anxiety and worry. And, Lord, we don't know what the cause is, but you do. So we just lift up Carla's daughter. Just pray that you would help her um, with her anxiety, that uh, she would know that uh, what your word declares, that we don't have to be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication uh, with thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you would do that work in her. And I pray that you would uh, just bring that joy and comfort that she needs right now and strength that she needs, that you would give assurance to her that you're with her, that you love her, um, that you give um, uh, Carla uh, just wisdom and ministering to her and uh, and being, you know, uh, a mother to her, uh, to be able to bring in words of comfort and truth to her, uh, to be able to speak that into her life. And, Lord, that you would touch her heart in, in such an incredible way. She would perceive your presence and that you love her. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give me a call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. You know, um, there's a, you know, a lot of people that are going through um, just, you know, anxiousness or or whatever the case may be. So give me a call. love to pray with you, but to give you some scripture to bring comfort to you. And, um, and I know for me that uh, the Psalms are just a wonderful resource for me to go through those Psalms and to be able to read them. And, and David, he expresses that in his Psalms. He says, Why you cast down, O my soul? And then he begins to focus on the Lord. And it's a real help to be able to look at the promises of God and the comfort of God and his word and to meditate on it, to bring that comfort, to, to go to the Lord with thanksgiving because he's with us and he loves us. And, and Paul, after that verse of Philippians chapter 4, he says, meditate on these things that are praiseworthy and whatever things are pure and whatever things are lovely and things that are of good report, um, meditate on these things. And uh, we are to meditate on the Word of God, and it's so helpful. So I want to encourage you in that uh, for anyone who may be listening, looking um, to just uh, find help. And He is our help and uh, very present help, which means He's here right now to help us in our time of need. So uh, we'll continue to pray, Carla. Well, let's continue with the phone lines. Again, we do have some open lines, I believe, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Katie in Loveland. Katie? I'm here. How are you? Good, and you? I am good. You're on Calvary Live. Well, I wanted to call in because I had this really awesome dream a couple of months ago, and I wasn't sure what it meant. Okay. So, friends and family decided that we were going to give, like, a musical concert out in the middle of a cow pasture. So we're Uh setting up the stage and everything, and... We notice that the cows come down because cows are curious and they want to know what are you doing over there. So okay. is this we, is this part of the dream? Is this yes. the dream? Okay, go ahead. Uh, so we're kind of watching the cows and we we said we know they have to come through a couple of fences to come down to where they're watching us at. So let's go up and check the chutes and make sure that nobody got injured or 
are hurt coming through the chutes. When we get up there, another family member's up there, and they're saying there's a little lamb in the chute that got hurt coming through with the cows. So I went over, and I said, well, we'll have to call a vet and make sure he's okay. So I picked up the little lamb, and his clothes were, like, worn down, and I said, well, we'll slather him up with some good salve and take him to the vet and make sure he's okay. And I said, and we'll pray to Jesus for him. Well, I'm I'm holding this little lamb. It smiles up at me and puts up his hooves like, I'm okay. My hooves are okay. And I looked down and I realized I went, that's Jesus. That's Jesus talking to me. And I'm going to, is that right? Um, not that I can, I, you know, I can't tell you, Katie, that that's right. People will have dreams. They'll, they'll say they have visions and stuff. Uh, we do know that the Lord speaks to us in dreams. He speaks to us, you know, at that time, um, old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. I always take that and line it up with the Word of God. There's nothing that lines up with that that I see that, you know, Jesus speaking through a lamb. And um, so I can't tell you. Um, if that's from the Lord or not. Um, I, I think that we have dreams. And uh, for me personally, when I really feel like uh, there is a dream that's from the Lord, it, it really uh, makes sense to me. Uh, I know that um, the Lord is uh, speaking to me through that dream or showing me something. Um, I don't think every dream that we have, obviously, is from the Lord. So can't really speak to that, Katie, um, about what you just saw. So I'm not an interpreter of dreams. Okay. Well, thank you anyway. Okay, Katie. Thanks for calling. All right. You bet. Uh Uh-huh. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Sometimes people want to tell me of dreams they had and visions they had. And, and, um, you know, for me, I, I go to the Word of God. The Word of God is my final authority. I like to stand on the Word of God. And um, and I know that uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost stood up and said that, as he quoted from Joel, that in the last days that young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. And, and I believe that the Lord can speak to us in a dream. I think, uh, it, you know, there's maybe one or two dreams that I've had in my life where I really feel like the Lord was speaking to me, but I can't speak to visions and experiences like that that people have. And um, I'm not an interpreter of dreams like Daniel was or Joseph. And uh, so I got to just leave it at that. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. It's the number to call. And I'd uh, love to talk to you about the things that, Lord, let's go to uh, Brooke in Lock Bowie. Hi, Brooke. You're on Calvary Live. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. You got a question for me? Yes, sir. So this morning on the way driving my son to school, I listened to um, Abounding Grace, and then the show after um, Pastor Ed was talking about um, marriage and then, like, how um, your body is your husband's and his is yours, and not to deny them, um, like, love. Um, So I guess my question was, if you're not doing it out of, like, ugliness or bitterness or anything— but just timing doesn't add up because we're on different schedules. He works nights. Um, like, is that a sin or like, is that just 
not bringing glory to God, it's through your marriage. Um, like, how does that work? And we don't sleep well, in the same room either uh-huh. because of his opposite schedule. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's your life right now. You work in different times during the day. It's not a sin to have that. But, you know, God made marriage for us to enjoy that mm-hmm. physical relationship and intimacy in the marriage. And um, I don't know what, um, you know, the, the radio program was teaching on or exactly uh, what, you know, was uh, the subject on, on that. But I'm going to kind of refer you to First Corinthians chapter 7, mm-hmm. where Paul kind of writes about that. And the Corinthians were asking Paul, the reason was because the Corinthians were coming out of um, idolatry, paganism, you know, immorality and things like that. So they're married, and maybe perhaps one was a believer and one wasn't a believer, and do we give ourselves, you know, to our spouse? And Paul says absolutely that you do. And if there is a withholding, um, then it it is uh, only to be for a moment, a time, to where you don't deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourself to fasting and the prayer and come together again. Um, so it's it's talking about this whole temptation of, of self-control. So, Brooke, in your situation, you, you know, it, it, it sounds like you got different schedules, you got to sleep, you know, you got a, a husband who works hard, he needs to sleep, and... Um, and and mom needs her sleep, <laughs> and but you don't withhold each other physically, intimately. Um, but what you do is there's no standard, but you are to give to each other. Um, it's a gift from God. Uh, it is something that you're to enjoy in the marriage, and whatever works, you know, um, for you guys. You guys got to come up with that as long as you have understanding and as long as you have clarity on all that and you're content with that. But the the principle in first Corinthians chapter seven is withholding from each other. And Paul says, don't do that. You're not to withhold from each other. Render to his wife, the affection due her. And likewise, also the wife to her husband. Listen, it's different for everybody. And that's one of the things that we talk about in premarital counseling is that very subject of giving to each other. And, you know, um, you know, it's going to be different at different seasons uh, of your life. Um, when you're going through pregnancy, perhaps when you're going through, you know, um, uh, grief, you're going through work schedule like what you guys are, it sounds like. So you just take it to the Lord as long as you're communicating and, 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 and not looking at doing that long term or anything. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I, I, I hear a little one there. So, um, you know, it's just you guys. Hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got different schedules. So just talk about it. And, um, you know, it's a gift that God has given to us. And, and okay. so that's kind of where you're at. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You bet, Brooke. Mm-hmm. God bless you. You too. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's a gift that God gives to us to have intimacy in the marriage, um, you know, relationship and um, to enjoy. And it's something to enjoy. And and um, and so Paul writes about that. And uh, as uh, 
as married couples, it's a gift that comes from God. Uh, so what a, a blessing that is. Um, we're just about ready to go to break, and in about a minute we're going to hear. So those of you on uh, waiting, we'll get to you right after the break. It's a short break. It's the only break that we take on Calvary Live, and we'll get to your questions. So uh, I believe we do have an open line, so grab it. we got plenty of time in the show to answer your questions or to pray for you. 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text line again. If we got time in the second half of the show, we'll go to text questions and prayer requests at 720-336-0897. And I'd love to be able to just talk to you about the things of the Lord. Uh, so we're going to be right back in about 90 seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Fix of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So blessed to be with you on this Tuesday Give me a call. we got a couple open lines at 303-690-3000. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to be able to call in and ask a question or give a, a prayer request and love to be able to uh, talk with you, uh, to minister to you in any way that I can. There's a means for you to be able to text in a question and a prayer request, and we've got time in this second half of the show. We will go to those text questions and prayer requests. And that number is 720-336-0897. Again, I hope that all of you had a very blessed Resurrection weekend. It was so wonderful, wasn't it? And uh, uh, just a special, special time for us Christians as we celebrate the fact that the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive, we believe in a risen Savior who died for our sins. It's so glorious. And I hope for all of us that we would continue to live in that resurrected life um, that we have in Christ and that that newness of life because we've been born again by the Spirit of God and we have the greatest news to declare to others. You know, I was thinking about how the women came to the tomb. We were in Luke chapter 24 and how they went and told the, the disciples and and uh, Mary Magdalene was called the uh, the apostle's apostle and uh, she would go and, and give the good news that those women being the first missionaries and you and I have opportunity to do that as well. And they went to the disciples that were hiding and discouraged and hopeless and down, and they're bubbling with excitement. They saw angels. They saw, you know, and heard the message that Jesus is alive, the tomb is empty. <clears throat> and that's the message they came back with. And uh, we are able to give that to others who feel down and discouraged and hopeless and and uh, are, are confused in this world and to be able to tell them that Jesus is alive and what he's provided, forgiveness of sin and uh, eternal life, and to bring you into right relationship with the Father. Uh, he rose from the grave. He's alive. And to be able to proclaim that to others. And I hope that we do. I hope that we uh, are sensitive to the Lord's leading in giving the message of the gospel 
to others in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Hey, tomorrow night here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we're going to be back in the book of Revelation. And in this book of Revelation, uh, we're going to be in chapter 4. We're in that section that is all yet future. And uh, we are going to be looking at the heavenly scene and uh, the one who's on the throne, um, that which is around the throne, that which proceeds from the throne, and then we'll be looking at uh, that which is in front of the throne. So incredible study. Come see us, 7 o'clock here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We have a place for all the kids, nursery, children's ministry. We have uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers that meet. And I'd love to have you come out and study with us the Book of Revelation on Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. And uh, in, in the Book of Revelation is meant to be studied. And uh, there's a special blessing attached to uh, studying this book. Those who read the book, those who hear the book, and those who keep those words. So we'd love to have you come out and join us. Well, 303-690-3000. We've got a couple open lines, but let's go ahead. Let's go to Lori in Denver. Lori? Yes. How are you? How are you? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Great. Thanks. You have um, a question? Yeah, I do. My mom and I were talking the other night, and we were talking about how many people Jesus brought back to life. And right. we both could remember Lazarus and the young girl. But for some reason, I have it in my head that there was a third person, and I, but neither one of us could think of it, and I wasn't sure if that was true or not. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're right, and I'm going to give you a hint and see if you can get it. In okay. Luke's Gospel, in Nain, does that ring a bell? Mm, no. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. The, the widow of Nain had a son, and oh. Jesus raised oh, okay. his son. Remember that? And he got up and he started speaking, you know, um, and um, I believe that's what he, he was doing. So, you okay. know, you, you learn from each of those. Um, mm -hmm. I incredible. And, and, you know, he was in the coffin. They're going to the cemetery, and, and Jesus comes along. And can you imagine that? That all of a sudden there's, it seems so hopeless, and here comes Jesus. He comes along, and you know a widow uh, having that, not having a husband, would be left destitute, and her son was probably the one that would be able to take care of her and everything. But there's so many mm -hmm. lessons in that um, as you study that, and um, of course he would raise uh, Jairus's daughter um, there in Capernaum, and uh, she was 12 years old. And then we know that Lazarus was in the tomb right before the crucifixion of Jesus, and he came forth. And, um, you know, in each each resurrection that you look at really tells us something uh, very, very special. Uh, when we come alive, um, Lazarus was told that, you know, loose him, get him out of his grave clothes. And, and when the Lord were born again, he desires to loose us from those things that have us in bondage, you know. And uh, when we look at, um, you know, the, the Jairus' daughter, remember that Jesus said, give her something to eat? You remember that? And yeah. in that miracle. And, you know, we get to be able to take in the Word of God. 
and to feed on the Word of God as we're born again. And isn't that a wonderful privilege to be able to do that? And I was thinking as you were talking with your mom, Lori, you know, you guys get to talk about the Scriptures and to talk about these things. What a blessing it is uh, to be able to do that. And then the uh, the widow at name, I believe, that um, that he got up and he, he started speaking. And we get to speak the things of the Lord. And uh, we get to speak truth. So, you know, all those miracles uh, are recorded uh, for, you know, us to learn from when because we were dead spiritually, right? And now, yeah. because of God's great love, Ephesians chapter 2, he has made us alive. And, um, and we get to feed upon the Word of God. Uh, we get to speak the Word of God. And we get to be free from the bondage of the world, and and that's why I like looking at those miracles. So, yeah, it's just it's amazing because um, people think that God is so limited, but nothing's beyond Him. And um, but yeah, I just him. like I said, I had it in my head that there was a third one, but I couldn't remember the third one. So thank you so much you for are welcome. helping me Thanks remember. For- yeah, thanks for calling. Really appreciate that. So you have thank, a blessed day. Thank you. You too. God bless you. Ah. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Love to have you call in, ask a question. Or try to give clarity and understanding as much as I can from the Word of God. Let me give you that text line again. It's 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs up here in Greeley, Colorado. And I pastored the Calvary Chapel here, have been doing that for 23 years. Can't believe it's gone by so fast. And uh, it's so um, much of a privilege to be up here in northern Colorado teaching the Word of God and to be with you um, and be able to answer your questions and pray with you. We're going to continue with the phone lines. We do got a couple open lines, plenty of time to converse with you. So give me a call at that number that I just gave, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Anthony and Comrade City. Anthony? Hi. Hi, how's How going? are you? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, for taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Um, I have a question. Um, it's about the witnessing the other, especially to non-believers, um, atheists, scientists in general, people that are very well researched, how would you prove that the Bible is authentic, the, that it's, it, you know, you can't say, oh, it's the written Word of God, that's, yeah, that's what you're trying to prove, but uh, what resources would you use? How would you, how would you go about that? You know, Anthony, um, one of the resources that I would use for a thinker is, um, is evidence that demands a verdict. And when I was in, in school at CSU, um, I graduated in a science field. Um, I was a thinker. I was wondering. Um, I got a, a little bit of feedback from you, so they might turn you down a little bit. Um, but anyway, you still there, Anthony? Okay. All right. I'm just getting a lot of wind or something. So hang on. Is that better? There. That's a lot better. Thank you. Now I can hear you. But when I was at CSU, I was a student. Yeah. And (laughs) so when I graduated, I was wondering the same things. You know, how do I know that the Word of God is authentic? How do I know that it's written by God? And so 
uh, one of the books that really helped me was Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And it goes through, and uh, he explains. And the way he writes this book is kind of like notes, uh, notes that you would take in a class or notes that you would take, um, you know, as a student. And he gives very good evidence on the uniqueness of the Bible, how it was written over 1,500 years, three different languages, mostly uh, Hebrew, the Old Testament, Greek, and the New Testament. There's some Aramaic that is intertwined in there in the Old Testament uh, by 40 different authors on three different continents, all these different things. So he begins to lay a foundation of the Bible written on hundreds of different controversies, but yet there's a unique, harmonious message that is there. Um, also, just the copies of the Scripture, how they've been preserved. It hasn't been changed. We got the Dead Sea Scrolls um, that they found a whole book of Isaiah, and it's just like the Isaiah that you read from your Bible. And, um, you know, it, it was dated 200 B.C., 200 years before Jesus came on the scene. Uh, the other thing, too, which is uh, something that really would speak to my heart is the prophecy and how accurate God said that I'm 100% correct, not 90%, not 80%, not 50%. But he um, gives prophecy, amazing prophecy, that is fulfilled. And so those three things right there begin to really give evidence that the Bible is true and it's inspired, and it, it helps those who are thinkers to really look at that. Um, there's um, the prophecy given, you know, there is the uh, canon of Scripture, the reliability of the copies and how many of them when you compare to other ancient documents, and then also the uniqueness of the Bible. So Evidence That Demands a Verdict is a very good book uh, for them to look at and read and as you're talking to others. Because sometimes, you know, Anthony, I don't know if you've ever had this, people say, well, the Bible's been changed. Have you ever had anybody tell you that? A little bit, and then or the uh, it, it was written so long after the fact, and the, yeah. the the only thing I know to kind of counter that was, well, you believe the Roman histories, and that was written a, a lot longer after the fact than the Bible was. So, yeah, know, and you know, usually when somebody says, "Well, the Bible's been changed over time," I say, "What do you mean?" And but there's very good evidence. So you know, I know in our bookstore here that we have that book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell, and that's a good resource to have. And then, you know, there's some other areas that when it talks about Jesus, the lordship of Jesus, either he was lord or either he was a liar or he was a lunatic. There's no other choices. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be lord. Either he was lord or he was a good liar or he really thought he was lord, but he wasn't. He was a lunatic. So those things, the case is made there. And then also, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday, the resurrection. You know, for 2,000 years, people have tried to disprove the resurrection. And if you can disprove the resurrection, then you can disprove Christianity, right? I mean, right. We, have, we have no hope. Um, you know, Paul writes that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're still in our sins. We have no hope of the resurrection for us, and uh, our faith is futile. 
And there have been those who have come along and they tried to disprove the resurrection. So that's another very important point that look at it logically and objectively. You have the eyewitness accounts. Paul says that the 12 saw him, I saw him. 500 people saw him at once. Many of them are still alive. It's like Paul saying, go ask them, go talk to them. And um, and then you have all the different theories that come along that people say, well, they stole the body or they went to the wrong tomb. It doesn't hold any weight. So those th- three things, the reliability of the scriptures, you know, that includes prophecy, and then also um, Jesus' claims and the resurrection. So those are three areas that you can really talk with others, and Evidence That Demands a Verdict is a very, very good book to help you with that, and uh, to even to give to somebody who is willing to very logically and objectively look at the facts. Um, and when I did, it's like, you know what? This book is true. Jesus is who he said he was, and he rose from the grave. I couldn't come to any other conclusion, and many other people have done the same thing. Well, thank you very much, Baz. Uh, it, it's very interesting when you start talking about faith with family members, and they, they, they want to argue with you, yeah. and you don't have those answers. You don't want to you don't want to sell yourself short. You don't want to sell God short either, and you, you definitely don't want to leave it open-ended and uh, give the, right. the generic excuse. And so I did. I told my my brother-in-law that I'd get back to him, and so thank you for taking my call and uh, giving me some answers. You bet, so Anthony. Thank you so much. And, you know, and, and Anthony, one of the very keys, and I know you probably know this, but this may be for somebody who may be listening, because I'm sure, Anthony, there's people listening to our conversation all, you know, um, on this program that they're, you know, wondering the same thing. How do I minister to family members and stuff? And I think the real key is, you know, uh, first of all, you be a a living epistle, you know, yourself of how God's changed you, and then pray for them. Pray that the Lord soften their hearts, open up their eyes, and just keep loving them and ministering truth to them and, you know, give a reasonable answer for for those who are looking for it. And, um, you know, and then you put it in God's hands. But very good question, Anthony. And I think there's a lot of people out there probably uh, wondering the same thing you are. How do I minister to unbelievers? How do I talk to my family members? Keep giving them truth and allow the Lord to minister to them and open up their eyes. So, yeah. All right, Anthony? Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, Anthony, can can we pray? You know, this would be a good time for us to pray for your family members and for others. And, Lord, I thank you for Anthony calling and and this question is a very important question. How do we witness to non-believers and family members that the Bible is true, that Jesus truly is Lord, um, that the resurrection really happened? And and I just pray that, uh, Anthony, that you continue to equip him uh, with answers, the Word of God, with a reasonable response is what we're to do, um, and for the hope that is before us. But, Lord, I pray for his family members that he's talking to and that he loves that you would open up their eyes, that you would just help them see that you are real and your word is true and reliable and that Jesus did rise from the grave and there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. And so, Lord, uh, do that work, soften their hearts. And I pray for those listening that, Lord, their their heart is to minister to family members, to co-workers, to schoolmates, to friends, that um, they would be that living testimony uh, of truth, and that you would help them, uh, give them wisdom, and speaking to them, 
And Lord, we just ask that you would just um, open up eyes uh, to all of us that know people that aren't believers uh, and use us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Anthony. Thank you, very, thank you very much, guys. Love you guys. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Doug in Commerce City. Doug? How are you today? How are you today? Good. I'm good. How are you, Doug? Um, my question is about uh, the book of Second John, and it talks about uh, false teachers and accepting them into your house. And right. I know that uh, there's some door-to-door, door-to-door uh, religion salesmen that you'd love to get into an argument with and talk about the actual trinity and who Jesus is. And according to Second John, you shouldn't be able to do that. Don't even accept them into your house, is what uh, John's saying there. Yeah, and I think, you know, with what John is saying is, you know, bringing into the house, and Paul talks about uh, those who, um, you know, make their way into households. Uh, I think there's an influence, what is being talked about there. You bring them in, you know, let's let's have, you know, some dinner or something, which was a, a sign of fellowship. You know, I had just some Mormons uh, coming around the block um, on Friday, which was Good Friday, and I was in a big hurry. But I always stop and take time to talk with them. And um, yeah. I don't get de- defensive. I, I want to talk with them. I, I really want to say, hey, you guys, listen, this is what I want you to really think about, and this is what Mormonism says. And I like doing that because God can use me in that. Now, I'm not going to invite right. them in and say, you know, what you believe is what you believe, and, you know, you you know, and it's no big deal. Um, and what I believe is I believe, and can I get some of your materials, and I can learn from you guys. That's what I think is the heart of what uh, John is talking about. Um, but, you know, uh, when they, and it doesn't happen a lot, Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons come around, I'll talk with them if I'm, you know, outside, if I converse with them. Uh, if they come to the door, I usually step outside, and I step out and talk with them uh, because, you know, I can, they start sensing pretty quick that I have some knowledge of the Bible and, um, yeah. and they usually want to escape pretty quick. <laughs> and, um, and I just, you know, um, I remember there was uh, some Jehovah Witnesses that came, an older lady with a young girl that she was a teenager and I really turned to her and uh, and the older lady was getting very nervous. And I said, you need to really see who Jesus is. He loves you. Um, he died for you. You're saved by grace. Um, you know, and then the older lady was like, we got to get out of here. Because, you know, her, she was really, you know, her ears were propping up. And, um, and you know, I want to tell you about the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. Right. He's He's not Michael the Archangel. He's the creator, and he created you, and he loves you, and he died for you. There's nothing that you can do, you know, and boy, when you start focusing on grace and who Jesus really is, they they don't want to stay around as it is, Um, and and then usually we don't want to argue, and it's like, well, I don't want to argue either. I want to tell you truth, and this is what the Bible says, and uh, so just be equipped. Share with them. I, I like to share with them. I like to tell them about Jesus. And there are others that go around that, you know, um, some groups that will uh, hit you up at Starbucks or Walmart or something, 
and I'll take a time to to talk with them. But as soon as it starts getting contentious and stuff, I think that's a good time to dismiss yourself. And, you know, when they uh, really just want to argue and things like that. So I think it takes wisdom and discernment, but we can share with them. And I think we should share with them um, the truth of the gospel and who Jesus is. Right. And so I think in, 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 in second John, and it's saying not to help them, I I mean, you know, it's fine to treat them in love and whatnot, but to help them on their way would be, would be detrimental to the actual gospel. You know, if you could, Hey, can you give me a ride over here? Can you do that? So I'd be like, I, I, you know, I can't do that. I'd be happy. I, I'd, I'd love to share the gospel with you, <laughs> but I was just getting into the the hard love of the the, the the matter that I would, you know, I'd love to share the gospel with you, but I can't help you in any way because you're preaching something that I don't believe in, and it's right, not the Jesus right. of the Bible. So, and I think we can tell them that. I think we can tell them without being angry and you know snarl right. and all of this. Say, listen, I want you to know that the Jesus that you believe in is not the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the true Jesus. So let me tell you about him. And I think we can right. do that. All right. Yeah. Great. Super. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate your, your call. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, Pastor. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. It's wonderful to be able to share with whoever and to do it wisely and do it with discernment, but we can share with others that need to hear the true and living Jesus. Hey, let's go to Karen and Thornton. Karen? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Karen? I'm good. I'm sorry to ask you that. Everyone asks you that. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like people asking me that. So. <laughs> well, you know, I have kind of a, a, a question about, you know, the, in the um, of course, in Jesus' time, you know, how he just kind of rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He and did. my question is, this now, do Orthodox Jews still have Pharisees and Sadducees, or are they gone to the Jewish people? Or And if so, when, how did they disappear? Well, the Pharisees came around initially, um, I can't remember the exact date, a couple hundred years before Jesus came on the scene. They were the dedicated ones, the separated ones. They were going to, the Pharisees were the ones that were larger in number than the Sadducees. They were uh, about 6,000 in Jesus' day. They were the ones that said concerning the lawyers, you know, you've heard of the lawyers. Uh, one of them came to Jesus. The, the lawyers were the scribes. So the scribes would not only copy the scriptures, but they also interpreted the scriptures. So many of the scribes, what I understand, what I've read from Dr. Paul Benware, they were Pharisees, so they were larger in number. They were dedicated to keeping the most minute details of the law, uh, all the interpretations that the scribes had given. The Sadducees, most of them were the chief priests um, of of, of um, the religious elite. They were gen- generally more wealthy. Uh, they were the ones that only believed in the first five books of the Bible, they were ones that um, didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe in the coming Messiah. So those were the two main groups that came against Jesus, right? right. And so um, 
after when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, we know that some of the Pharisees got saved. Did you know that? Um, no, I did to, not. Yeah, go to Acts chapter 15, and when they had the Jerusalem Council, there is a group of Pharisees that became believers that were there at that Jerusalem Council, the Council of the Apostles and Elders. They were still legalistic, but they were believers. There's no mention of any of the Sadducees that became believers because the Sadducees did not become believers in um, the, the resurrection. So in the book of Acts, the Sadducees are the main enemies of the Christians because they were standing on the fact that the resurrection um, you know, uh, happened you know, with Jesus Christ and reports. So they really were the ones that came against the Christians. Um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what is interesting is that today in Israel, uh, the Temple Institute talks about having the Sanhedrin Council come together um, in Jesus' day. It was made up of Pharisees and Sadducees. So are they the two separate groups? I can't remember. But um, you, you know that they want to have that Sanhedrin Council, the Jewish Supreme Court, established once again. So that's kind of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Um, whether they'll be established again, we might see that with the temple being built and the Sanhedrin being um, reinstated once again uh, in Israel. So it's interesting to watch and interesting to kind of read on, um, but that's the religious leaders uh, in Jesus' day that we might see even today. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Well, and then I had a second question, too, um, you know, because okay. of resurrection. And, okay, um, hey... Hey, Karen, this is yeah, what I'll, I want you to do. I'll call another you, day. I'll call Friday. You call, you give me another, yeah, call me another time. Hey, sorry we ran out of time. That's always a bummer, but yeah. we'll talk to you next time. God bless you, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.